Uh, thank you for coming. This is the first uh, first Friday of the new year, and uh, we didn't expect a, a huge crowd, but I'm I'm glad that you guys are here, and it, it's uh, yeah, I'm 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 thankful. All right, so so uh, thankful to God for you being present today. And we thought uh, when I talk. When I say we, I'm talking about Bruce Rowland, not myself. I got it already. Um, we've, we've been thinking a lot about prayer lately, and this year um, really rededicating ourselves um, to prayer. Uh, prayer. It was interesting, and you'll hear me quote Tim, Tim Keller a lot, I enjoy, you know, reading his book on prayer as well as hearing his lectures on prayer. But in a lecture that I was listening to last week, Tim talks about how the world, a lot of um, the world, um, psychologists, sociologists, are trying to get us to believe that there is no God. And... Uh, and we have no souls, right? No God and no souls. Um, and, but, but the irony of it is, more than ever before, um, people are seeking out the mystics, the mystical, uh, whether it's meditation, um, you know, whether it's, um, I, I don't know, you know, the various things that are out there that people are doing just to have a connection. Um, because they've been told that we have no soul, there is no God. And, but yet, there seems to be this sense of void. And I want to just talk today about prayer because as Tim said, and I, I agree 100%, is that uh, prayer is the missing component. Um, many would even argue the schools um, in Chicago especially started to decline uh, once uh, they took prayer out of schools, right? My father, um, James Brooks Sr., he would often say where there is much prayer there is much power. Where there's little prayer, there's little power. And then where there is no prayer, what is it? No power. Um, so in order to kind of navigate in this world, we as believers believe that the key, one of the key components is prayer. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. So um, let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks and we give you praise for this um, first Friday of the new year. We love you, God, and um, draw us closer to you so that our lives will be living billboards of who you are and people will see your goodness through us. Lord, we love you on today. And we praise you. And Lord, we even ask that you forgive us of our sins, whether it's been by thought, word, or deed. Um, as David said, create in us 
a clean heart and renew in us the right spirit. We give you this day. We give you this time. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 18. I hope you have your Bibles with you. We may go to a lot of scriptures. Or you have your phones with your Bible app on there. Um, Luke chapter 18. Um, I guess verse 1. I'll be reading from the NLT version. It says, one day, Luke 18, verse 1, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of the city came to him repeatedly, so over and over again, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to her, He said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Right? Um, so let's just start, stop there. And let's look at prayer. The power, if I had to put a, a tag on this lecture, uh, the power of persistent prayer. The power of persistent prayer. Problems in this world will always exist. Job says, um, mortals born of a woman are of a few days, and those days are full of trouble. I submit to you this morning that the, the answer to navigating through this mean and cruel world is prayer. I would say that prayer is the most powerful arsenal in a believer's belt. But it seems like um, it's the most underutilized tool right? Uh, It's one of the most powerful things that we have as believers, but it's the most underutilized. Uh, Prayer is simply communicating with God um, in the form of talking to God and also in the form of listening or also in the form of just being present in God's presence. Um, sometimes some, some have said prayer is just being aware of God's presence. God is here. Uh, it seems like, th- like that the first line of attack for many when facing trials and tribulations is to, what, talk to somebody else, right? We go... 
to mother, we go to father, we go to sister, brother, we go to spouse. You know, who do you run to first in the time of trouble and trial? Uh, a lot, most of us, if you're like me, we run to somebody else other than uh, God our Father. But Matthew 6.33 says it clear that we should seek God first, right, and in his kingdom. Uh, many of us, as Dr. Roll just gave me a quote, uh, and you guys have heard it. My father used to say it. My grandfather used to say it all the time. Many of us use prayer like a spare tire, right? We get it out only when we need it. Uh, but God wants us to be in perpetual prayer, in perpetual communication with him. Um, prayer, prayer reminds us of our dependency upon God. That's kind of my first point. Why pray? Prayer reminds us of our dependency upon God. Before we do anything, we should pray. <coughs> Before we go anywhere, we should pray. There's a songwriter that wrote that prayer is the key and faith unlocks the door. Tim Keller, in his book on prayer, says, um, the infallible test of spiritual integrity is your private prayer life, right? Um, and only you know what your private prayer life is like, right? There are, are many that would pray publicly um, just to be seen. But there are, there are some that pray publicly, but their private life, they are far from prayer, right? So I, I like that quote because Tim... Is saying the infallible test of our spiritual end. So it, it, it's self-examination. What? How is my? How is my prayer life? Can I? Can I do better? Uh, I believe we all could say. But uh, is it null and void? Am I really seeking God? Matter of fact, how did? How did you do um, this morning? You know, when you woke up. You know, what was the first thought to give thanks to God? for allowing your feet to hit the floor. Or some people would say, uh, give thanks to God that last night was not your last night. <laughs> right? Um, prayer reminds us of our dependency upon God. I don't care how smart you are, and there are many um, smart people in this room, a lot smarter than myself, but it doesn't matter how smart you are, you are not tough enough or you don't have the wisdom enough to get through the turbulence of life without God, separate from prayer. Amen. Prayer, prayer gives us relief from the melancholy burden of self-absorption. Okay? Um, prayer reminds us that you, let me, let me be hood, you, you ain't all that. Amen. And, 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 and there, there's something greater, someone greater than you. I say this often. If you, you are all of that, as people would say, 
um, and a bag of chips, then who is the potato, right? There's always someone greater. God is greater. And prayer reminds us that God is greater. And, and, and you're, we, are, we are subject to him. Amen. Amen. But because without prayer, we begin, we start to have confidence in ourselves. <laughs> and we walk around thinking it, it's, it's us, it's our intellect, it's our uh, um, conniving, it's, uh, it, it's our way, it's our knowledge, right? But at the end of the day, uh, it's when we pray, it reminds us that we would not be doing any of this, we would not be here if it was not for the great God that we serve. All right. Um, another um, whole section that I kind of pulled out of Tim Keller's book, Dr. Keller's book, is it says Jesus Christ taught his disciples to pray, healed people with prayers. He denounced the corruption of the temple worship, uh, which he said should be a house of prayer, and insisted that some demons could be cast out only through prayer. He prayed often and regularly with fervent cries and tears. Look at Hebrew 5.7. Somebody go there. Hebrew 5.7, right? Um, are y'all there? What's taking so long? <laughs> and then someone else, on this, somebody over there goes Hebrew 5.7. Somebody else over here, Luke 3.21 and 22. All right. Who's going to Luke 3, 21, 22? Can somebody volunteer? All right. Luke 3. Um, and who can go to Luke 9, 29? Luke 9, 29. Any volunteers? Luke 9, 29. Okay. Uh, and then um, the final one. No, we won't do a final one because that's way too long for our time. Okay. So Hebrew 5, 7. Someone read for me. Okay. In the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Okay, so we see that he prayed often and regularly with fervent cries and tears, and sometimes all night long, right? The Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him as he was praying. Look at Luke chapter 3, uh, verse 21 and 22. Someone read that. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that verse for so many reasons, but it just shows that, you know, uh, this is before Jesus had did any miracles, anything like that. God said, you are my beloved son. I'm pleased with you. You know, it's not about uh, what you do. It's about who you are. Right. Um, so when so we see that we see that the Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him as he was praying and. He was 
transfigured with divine glory as he prayed. Look at Luke 9, 29. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. Wow. 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 What, what would happen? <laughs> Right. We just see that Jesus, I guess the point of it is Jesus prayed. Jesus, I know this may be simplistic, but Jesus prayed. And if we are followers of Christ, we then too should what? Pray. Pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how basic this is, it seems right. Christianity 101 prayer, prayer 101. But we lack it so often. Right. So prayer reminds us of our dependency upon God. Uh, even Jesus in his form, Jesus, son of God, showed us that prayer is important and that there's somebody greater. Uh, the father is greater than he. All right. Next thing about prayer, prayer changes our perspective. Right. Prayer, number one, reminds us of our dependency upon God. And prayer, number two, changes our perspective, right? Eugene Peterson, uh, rest in heaven, he said, a changed world begins with us. And a changed us begins when we pray. Amen. A changed world begins with us. And a changed us begins when we pray, right? Uh, sometimes we're always looking, uh, Lord, change this situation. And sometimes God wants to do a work in us. And he invites us then into the narrative of change. He invites us then into the narrative to be his change agent in the world. Right. Uh, prayer may not change the situation, but prayer would change your perspective on how you see the situation or better. Uh, prayer may not change the situation, but prayer will change you. Prayer changes us. Um, what I am saying, there could be a brick wall in front of you um, before you pray. And before you pray, you probably would say, oh, it's a dead end. But after you pray, you will say, um, you, you look up and the same brick wall is there, but you have a different perspective. Before prayer, you say, oh, man, look at that brick wall. I can't do it. But then when you, when, after you pray, sometimes it's like, okay, God, which way should I go around it or which how do I get over it? Give me the strength. Um, so prayer has a way of changing you and your perspective. Prayer gives us an assurance that we are not in a situation alone. Show me a believer that is disgruntled, dismayed and doubtful. And I will show you a believer that's not praying. Show me a believer that has confidence and courage in the Lord, and I will show you a believer that has activated the power of prayer, right? Prayer will give you a theology of doxology. 
<laughs> a theology of praise, right? Despite where you are in life. I, uh, prayer, prayer, I don't know about you, but it, it energizes me. It excites me because, number one, it lets me know that I, I, I am dependent upon God and God is with me and God hears my prayers. And number two, it changes my perspective. Third point I want to lift up, how much time? Oh, we have plenty of time. Prayer connects humanity and divinity. Prayer is our connection to the Lord. The, the older saints in black church who knew something about prayer, they, they would sing a song that, that says, his line is never busy. Come on, y'all. some of y'all right there know that. He's, he's always, he's always accessible. Amen. God never, maybe I'll get some pushback on this, but I believe this is my theology, that God, like us, he, we do it, but God never presses the ignore button or, the, or puts our, our, you know, I was, my phone yesterday was on do not disturb. And there were so many people trying to get in touch with me. But I learned that from Tosh over here. The do not disturb. If you want to be productive in life and your phone has taken over your life, there's a wonderful button on here that says do not disturb. <laughs> but God, but God, right? He's not like me. When you call upon God, he never presses that do not disturb button. But he's always there listening um, for his children's voice. Um, so if you need healing in your body, you call on God. If you need peace in the midst of a storm, you can call on God. Prayer connects humanity and divinity. Right? Well, a question that we will ask is, isn't God an all-knowing God? Right. John Wesley, uh, the founder of the Methodist Church, some, um, says that prayer is a mode of participation in the creating grace of God. Prayer is a mode of participation in the creating grace of God. So sometimes pr prayer isn't because God does not know. God um, uses prayer sometimes so that we may know. <laughs> Amen. Uh, he knows all that we're going through, but he then prayer then um, causes us to step back and say, okay, uh, someone like I, I'm going to keep emphasizing that our dependency is upon God. So prayer, um, yes, it's talking to God, but it's also a prayer. Prayer is a mode of participating in the creating grace of God. Um, be careful when you pray because God just may call you forward to participate in the grace that he wants to share or with the action he wants to perform. Amen. Amen. You, you may say, Lord, I, I need you to, I need you to change that person. You know, that's your prayer. Pray, change their heart. And God, in your prayer time, God will say, 
Well, you go and hang out with them for a while. <laughs> I, I want to use you um, to be my hands and feet in the world. All right? Um, prayer is a mode of participation in the creating grace of God. In essence, God has given us free will. God doesn't want us just to enable us. He wants to empower us through prayer. Hence, if you want something to move in your life, if you want your life to be different, God has given you the ability to participate in the process, and that's through prayer. Amen. I, some may, um, God, God um, sometimes you hear, God will not just force himself into your situation. He ask and ask and the door will be open. Seek and you shall find not, well ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find knock and the door shall be open, right? So there, there's a participation on our part. Um, so real quick, I wish I had my preacher mode on. Because I, I would tell you to look at your neighbor <laughs> and say, neighbor, it's time to activate our prayer life. It's time to activate our prayer life. If God is the divine activator, amen. All right, let me give you some uh, uh, cultural thing here. Back in the day, in the 80s, um, uh, African-Americans, we had uh, what we call jerry curls, all right? I remember, I remember, I didn't have quite a curl, but I had got a relaxer. I, I got a relaxer, and, you know, it was on the top of my head, and it made my hair curl up a little bit. But um, <laughs> I remember, like, a week after getting, well, not even a week, about three days after getting the relaxer, my hair went completely dry, right? And it was just awful. And, and, and my mother said, she said, uh, son, um, we going to the beauty supply because I'm going to get you some activator. <laughs> because your, your curls aren't quite curling anymore, you know? <laughs> And I want to uh, get you some, it's really called curl activator, right? Come on, curl activator. That's why I have no hair now, right, because of the chemicals. Um, but she put it in my hair, and all of a sudden, the curl curled all the way around. I was like, woo! Come on. And, and I was a new. So, so, but God is our divine activator. When our prayer life is dry, uh, and if we could be honest, sometimes our prayer life goes dry and it withers away, you know. But you say, God, give me, I, I, I want to pray more. You got to have people in your life that God will send people in your life. Say, come on, let's pray about it. All right. And then all of a sudden that curl, that prayer curl that was dried out and not curling all the way, then begins to be oiled by God's Holy Spirit. All right. And, and I would even argue that, you know. Prayer is initiated by God. Everything is initiated by God. So we can't even take credit for that. God, you gave me the ability to 
pray. You put it on my heart to pray. It all begins and ends with God. So don't get it confused. Don't go out of here saying, well, I pray five times a day. You know, I look at me. No, if it was not for God working on your heart, the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, then you wouldn't pray at all either. So, Lord, do a work on my heart. I love what David said. Creating me a clean heart and renewing me the right spirit that I may seek you more. More. It's not in our ability. It's in God's ability. Rewind. Press play. It's not in our ability, but it's all up to God. God, work on me. I want to call on you more. I want to depend on you more. Lord. And then when he works on it, when, he, when uh, you start seeing the manifestation of his presence in your life, then you can't take credit for it. And you say it was only God. It was only God. All right. So uh, I'm activating my prayer life. Uh, so one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Jesus then tells, in illustrating this, he tells a story about this woman. She had made up in her mind that things must change. She was determined to get justice, right? However, like many of us do today, she had some things that were working against her. Um, Number one, in this cultural context, uh, she was a woman, and, and, and women were not seen as equals. So she had that working against her. The only real validation that they had was through their husband, but then she was a, a widow. Her husband had died. And the third thing, so woman, widow, she was also poor, lacking resources. Then on top of all of that, she was before an unjust judge. Wow. Right? You're already behind in society's terms, societal terms. But then when you get before the justice system, there's unfairness. There's an unfair judge. Wow, that sounds similar to what we experience today, right? Already behind. No, no legal representation or inadequate legal representation. Um, you're being judged based on who you are, your status, right? And then an unfair justice. But this woman, um, this woman has some things that that she's going to fight for, right? <laughs> she wants justice. So what, what do you do, we learn here, when this, the deck is stacked against you? How do you handle trouble after trouble, problem after problem, injustice after injustice? So despite what she has going on against us, the one thing she did was stay persistent. She stayed persistent. She stayed persistent. Jesus uses this to demonstrate how we should pray and we should stay 
persistent. If you don't get anything else out of this time together, stay, stay. Lord, help me stay persistent in my prayer life. Right? Pray, pray, pray. I know that may sound crazy, especially in this world. Uh, we, we did peace marches over the summer and people, uh, we would gather on corners and pray. And then you get the people, uh, some folks in the community and even some folks in the church will say, I don't think this prayer is working. Right? Uh, or they say, why are we doing all of this praying? Right? Jesus tells us to continually uh, with persistence to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray. She didn't stop. And finally, after a while, the judge just said, you know what? Um, because of her persistence, I'm going to grant her what she needs. The lesson that I want you to take away is that we have to be persistent in our prayer. Even though it might be painful, even though we may not feel like it, we have to pray. Okay? Um, I have some questions here um, that, that I want to ask is one, one question, what can we pray for? And I'm going to run through this list. Sometimes I'll preach this list. And, oh, man, I'm at the climax of my sermon preaching this list, right? Uh, but I can slow it down right now. Uh, we could pray for a lengthened life. Hezekiah prayed for a lengthened life. Daniel prayed for health. Blind Barnabas prayed that Bar Blind Bartimaeus prayed that he may see. David prayed for mercy. Elijah prayed for rain. Hannah prayed for a child. Paul prayed for grace. Jonah. Um, the 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 next. Question I ask is, where can we pray? Um, Jonah prayed in the belly of a fish, right? Peter prayed on the house, housetop. Jesus prayed in the mountain. Hagar prayed in the wilderness. Jairus prayed in the streets. David prayed in a cave. The dying thief prayed on the cross. Um, next question would be, how do we pray? Um, the publican prayed short. Moses prayed long. Um, Nehemiah prayed in secret. Mary prayed with tears. Uh, David prayed while groaning. What time should we pray? David prayed in the morning. Daniel prayed in the noonday. Samuel prayed when he was a child. Paul and Silas prayed when? At midnight. Timothy prayed when he was young. Jacob prayed when he was dying. So the point of the matter is that you can pray um, for a myriad of things. You can pray anywhere at any time. And you can pray as long as you would like. And you can pray as short as you would like. Right? Um, I'm not, I don't pray a long time. Dr. Linda there, Linda McClendon right there, she can go for at least 40 minutes praying. 
45 minutes, 6 a.m. on the prayer line. Um, and she can go for 30 minutes easily. I can go for about 10 minutes easily. Uh, but that does not mean that her prayer or my prayer is more effective than hers or hers is mine. Right? It, it's just um, we can come to God how we are. Go to Matthew 21, 22. Someone who can go Matthew 21, 22. Um, let's just cover this with some scripture. Somebody go to John 14, 14. All right, who's doing the Matthew text? Anybody? Volunteer? Okay. Bruce, Matthew 21, 22. John 14, 14. Anybody? All right. And then Liz, John 15, 7. All right. 21. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. All right. Who's just kind of lifting up some texts? All right. Y'all bear with me. I know we got some theologians in here, a little proof text in there, pulling it out. All right. Um, don't judge. John 14, 14. If you would ask anything in my name, I would do it. Wow. And then John 15, 7. Amen. Amen. So, once again, just to reiterate, prayer changes our perspective. Prayer, um, prayer reminds us of our dependency upon God. Prayer connects humanity and divinity, right? And the point of the matter is that we must be persistent in our prayer life. Amen? Amen? All right, let's have some conversations about um, prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Um, a question that I have this morning is, what, what strategies do you implement in your own life? And I ask that you just be brief so we can hear from hopefully several people. What, what strategies do you have in, in your life um, um, to, for prayer? You know, what, what reminds you to pray? What, what any, anybody, what, what, it, what is it that you have in your life that triggers prayer? Anybody want to share? I do. Um, initially, uh, just being a worrier sometimes, but with my faith being strengthened, I'm reminded to pray about it. Uh, my husband and I have conversations about it. Uh, well, what would I do? And the first thing he says, pray about it. So it's like a trigger that happens when you start to worry. You just flip that over, turn that into a prayer, whatever it is. Okay. So you have somebody in your life that yeah. say, we, okay, so you got a, a, a spouse that says, he always says, let's pray. Mm -hmm. All right, so that, that's a good, so do you have someone in your life, uh, a prayer accountability partner? I wish I had a whiteboard, right? A prayer accountability partner that when you begin to worry, uh, they'll say, let's pray. What other, what other things do you do to remind you to pray? What strategies do you have? Um, a lot of times I'll just kind of like seize the moment. So if somebody's like, hey, can you pray for me 
that's a good thing. Pray like sometimes when we say, okay, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. We, we end up, what, not praying, right? But that's a great uh, strategy. When someone says, pray for me, all right, why, what about right now, right now? So that means in the grocery store, that, see, that, that's the point. You know, we could pray anywhere. Really, you know, uh, in the belly of the fish, yeah, you can pray anywhere, all right? I got a flight later on today, right? Uh, then a flight again tomorrow. And I'm going to be asking for a prayer. <laughs> Why anxiety, right? <laughs> um, so I, I want people that will pray for me right on the spot. Pray on the spot. All right. Anybody else um, try to do that as well? Uh, pray right on the spot? Right? Okay. What other strategies do we have? Pray on the spot. Have an accountability partner, prayer partner. I'm trying to find. Let me. How do you let this thing down? I got to Okay, so when somebody comes to you, you just, okay, I got to give it to God. Right. Okay. So that triggers. When I uh, find myself overanalyzing and overthinking and making the decision myself. And I'm like, oh, okay, you all over the place. Then I say, oh, I know what. You didn't give it to God and let him make the decisions. Okay. When you find yourself overanalyzing, any, any more like practical things that you do to remind you to pray? Um, so I would, well, I do have a particular place. Particularly, I pray in the car. So whenever I get in the car, it's always a reminder that trigger. Yeah, a, 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 yeah, a space where you meet God, right? And a space that you more than likely will go to every day, right? I have a chair. I have a stool. I think some of y'all know about my stool. Uh, it's right in the family room, and I have to walk out there. And that stool is my prayer stool. It's almost my thank you stool. And sometimes, man, matter of fact, all right, I'm going to be transparent. I'm walking out the house today. You know, it's early. And I walk right past that stool. And that's my prayer stool. And every time I walk past that stool, what? It reminds me to pray. And, and also, I'm like, oh, no. You know, I like to actually sit in on that stool. Like Tosh gets in our car, I like to sit on that stool. So I did. I, I did a real quick one, Lord. Thank you. Be with me today. All right. But it, it's just a reminder to pray. It's just a reminder. So having a, 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 a space that where where you meet God, right? Some people it's the closet, right? Every time you go in, you have a prayer closet, actually. All right, what else? What else? Anybody else want to share? You know, one of the things that has turned into this year is, in, uh, is wake up more in the middle of the night, you know, and worrying about stuff. And uh, it's so easy to turn on the phone or do something else. And I've uh, really kind of shifted that to, you know, go to prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been amazing. It's just a sweet time. 
those worries to him or whatever it is. And so it's yeah, one of those other times of day that uh, I think uh, recently has been a sweet time. Yeah. When you wake up in the middle of the night, right, and you just wonder why you're up, maybe that's a trigger to call out in prayer. Go ahead. It's just amazing that uh, my physician, my great physician, is here in the building. And he gives me instructions on things to do. I don't want to brag him. But he says things like, if you wake up in the night and you can't sleep, to jot down things, to read the Bible, you know, to pray, and you find yourself getting back to sleep at this time that the Lord wants to spend with you. And you do get sleep with you. Yes. What else? Anybody else before we move on? How simple and elementary, I, I think, like I said, prayer 101, uh, but we need to constantly be reminded of the necessity of prayer. The necessity of prayer, right? More prayer, more power. What else? Anybody else have a story? I have a, I have a, on, on my desk in the office is don't forget to pray, right? That's, um, some people have said, hey, um, I have a sticky, sticky note um, um, on, on the computer saying, hey, pray. Um, some people have apps on their phone, right, that will remind them to pray. You can just say, hey, Siri. All right, no, no, no. I knew I was going to do that. And you can say, hey, you can say, remind me to pray, right? Why not use technology um, to remind you of these spiritual disciplines, right? Um, anybody else? Any other things that you can think of, Sue? I like to use a journal, because writing it down for some reason makes it more real to me. I don't know why, but it, it, it allows me to articulate uh, my struggles or my worries or whatnot. So I find writing it down helps. Amen. Amen. Writing it down. How many of you have a prayer journal? Yeah, yeah. That some people do well with journals, others don't do so well. It also allows you to kind of reflect back. Yeah. Which I kind of appreciate when you look back a year or so, and you think, oh, wow. You know, either I'm still struggling with that or the Lord is still using that in yeah. my life. So that's kind of helpful. Actually, I was telling Dr. Roll yesterday that I'm still in the process of reviewing my 2018 journal. And so I, I keep my highlighted, <laughs> see? I keep it with me, and I go back through my journal, and I just highlight certain things uh, that I was praying for, and just review them, see, see what's the status, whether I give thanks to God for things that happen, uh, and for seeing me through even the rough times, right? So I, I keep this highlighter because, you know, I may get time today where I can go back through that 2018 journal and just highlight some of the things. Highlight, right? Um, what else? Anybody else? All right. Well, I thought for the last moments that we would just spend time in prayer with one another. Um, uh, we have about five minutes of prayer. And I would ask that you kind of uh, maybe get in groups of four and um, just pray for one another. Uh, I didn't give you any direct strategies. Uh, we talked about some. You guys mentioned a lot, though. Um, but, you know, you have the ACTS formula, the ACTS. You guys know what that is, right? <coughs> I don't know 
celebration of Passion, Thanksgiving, and, and supplication. You could pray that way. Another thing for our physicians, um, I think Dr. Umanos used to do the wash and pray, right? So every time you go in, you gotta wash your hands. So why not use that time uh, for prayer? Uh, or, you know, anytime you're washing your hands, uh, why not use that time uh, for prayer, right? So let's get in groups of four and, and let's pray uh, for one another. And when the sunlight comes in, it's pretty much time to end prayer, okay? <laughs> All right.